So what is repentance? We hear it talked about a little bit anyway. Uh, Quite frankly, we don't hear it preached too much anymore. Not even from the pulpits in our modern day churches. But according to the Bible, repentance is the key thing. It's the first thing when coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, some may listen, some listening, excuse me, may say, um, well, I have no desire to come to faith in Jesus Christ because I have no desire to be a Christian. I have no desire to be like those people that portray themselves as Christian or who say that they are followers of Jesus Christ. But there's an important question that people like that need to ask themselves. And that is, what about the condition of your own soul? How important is that to you? Um, let's say that you go to a gym for physical fitness and you get there and for one reason or another you judge everybody to in that gym to be jerks. I mean, that's just your opinion of them. Maybe judge isn't the right word, but your opinion of everybody in that gym is they're just a bunch of jerks. They all act a certain way, or or maybe you see about 10 of them in the gym that act a certain way, and that's that's your opinion of the gym. And maybe you go to another gym, and you find a, a group of people in that gym working out, and they seem to be the same way. And you go to another gym, and so forth and so on, and you find there's just a whole bunch of them out there, people that you would call jerks, because you don't like the way they behave, the way they act or act or whatever it may be. And, and uh, maybe you have just reasons for feeling that way about them, right? But what about the condition of your own physical fitness? Do you allow yourself to go to waste? Do you go home and say, well, I'll work out at home because I don't want to be around those jerks? Well, hopefully you would at least do that rather than just throwing out physical fitness altogether. So what about then soul fitness? Again, what about the condition of your soul, who you are spiritually? Is there more to you than what meets the eye? In other words, if a person looks upon you and they see who you appear to be outwardly, your physical features and such, the way you look, the way you appear. But you say, well, they don't know me. They don't know who I really am. They don't know who you really are when you're all alone in your own home and, you know, or within your own heart, within your own mind, whatever you want to call it, within your own thoughts, people don't really know you. So I guess with that being said, then then you would agree that uh, there is more to you than meets the eye. And 
that's the point when we talk about your soul, who you are spiritually. Is that important to you? Or do you just throw it all out and could care less? So sure, maybe the gym's full of jerks and maybe uh, Christianity is full of hypocrites, so to speak. Or those that profess Christianity, you know, are many of them are hypocrites, you may say. So do you throw out your own soul fitness, you know, as a result of that? So this topic then of repentance is of great importance to everybody. It's of great importance to those that profess Christianity, those that say they are believers in Jesus Christ, and it's of great importance to those that do not. In the Bible, okay, which is where we get the whole idea of Christianity anyway, it's where we get the idea of heaven and such, right? The Holy Bible. Um, that would be like the gym you, you really should be going to. That, that would be the place where you, sh- you should really want to go to get your soul fit. Okay? You should find out straight from the source, uh, what does God have to say about it? What does the Bible have to say about it? Now, you may have determined within your own mind somewhere along the way, well, the Bible's just a bunch of books written by men. Well, you know, if you've sat down and you've read it and you've sought the God that it proclaims um, and you've come to that conclusion, well, then stop listening (laughs) because well, then you really have just thrown it all out. You really could care less. But if you believe, as I believe, that the Bible is the Word of God, it is instructions to us from God on how we should live this life, um, well, then you may want to keep listening, okay? Because I am going to quote, to you from the Bible as we talk about repentance. So, the condition of your soul is of the utmost importance. And I would think that even if you say you don't believe in the Bible, you would at least agree with me on that point, that there is more to you than meets the eye. Now, I have found that the Word of God has changed me on the inside as to who I am. Now, I, I would never say, uh, I w- will not proclaim here, that I have arrived, meaning that uh, you know I am complete or I am perfect in any way, shape, or form. Uh, on a daily basis, I realize and understand that I need to surrender myself to my Lord, to my God, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, in order to get through this life on a daily basis as His servant, as a disciple of his, as someone who desires to live in accordance with uh, the word of God, you know. So anyway, the Bible in the gospel of Matthew, and you can read the the, the gospels in case you don't know, are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's what's referred to from the New Testament as the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But in Matthew, you know, in chapter 3, we see a man named John the Baptist come along. And um, he, the first thing he begins saying is repent, 
for the kingdom of heaven is, is at hand. You see, it was John's job to come along and to prepare the way for the coming Messiah, to get people ready for the fact that the Messiah was finally going to come, the Savior of the world, the one that was going to redeem all of mankind from their, their sins separating them from God, their, a relationship with their, with their God, with their Creator. The Messiah was going to come, the Savior, the one that was going to redeem us and bring us back into a relationship with God. And John the Baptist came on the scene first, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he was telling people to believe on the one that is to come, and that is Jesus. And then if you were to go to Matthew chapter 4, you'd find that Jesus also began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus, the first thing that he preached was repentance. John the Baptist as well. In Matthew chapter 11, you'll find where Jesus rebukes some cities for the fact that they saw his mighty works, they saw the things that he was doing, but they still didn't repent. And many people today, you know, may see the work of God in their lives or around them, but they don't repent of living in their sin. So people must repent. Now, let's understand repentance. I guess to, to, to simplify it, uh, the easiest way to say it is, is to think of yourself going in one direction, your body's facing in one direction, your eyes and your focus is, is going in one direction. And, and then you say, you know what, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to stop going in this way. I guess you could use the word in, in, in many different ways. You might say, I'm repenting of my bad eating habits. Uh, you know, I'm repenting of this habit or that habit or whatever. I'm turning away from it. But again, we're talking about soul fitness. We're talking about you making yourself fit for the kingdom of God. And, and that begins with repentance. It starts with repentance. So it's just simply a word that means you turn from, you turn around, you go the other way. And I said earlier that this is of the utmost um, importance to both those that profess Christianity and those that do not, because again, many people have come up in the last, you know, 20 or 30 years or so around the church, you know, around the, the body of Christ within Christianity. And uh, it's been a certain kind of Christianity. It's been a Christianity where repentance wasn't preached, was never preached. So the person never came to that place within their soul of being sorrowful for disobeying God. And then turning around and repenting and saying, I am going to live a life in which I obey God. There are many people in the church today, within Christianity, that are that way. And they've come because they've, they've heard a teaching that said, well, you're saved by grace, that's it. All you have to do is, you know, uh, just you know, walk down an aisle or go to church and, or just say, just proclaim that you believe in Jesus Christ. Proclaim that you believe he, he died on the cross and that he was buried and that on the third day he rose again and that's it. Nothing else to it. No changed heart, no changed life. That's all you got to do. Then you, can keep, then you can go on doing whatever you want and you'll be saved. Well, that's, that's a gospel or a form of the gospel. It's not the true gospel, but it, that's a form of the gospel that has been preached within Christianity now for several years. And it's, the, it's that type of gospel that has produced 
hypocrites because they profess to know Jesus. And we can look at the Bible and we can look and see the way Jesus told us we need to live. We can look at the epistles, the other writings in the Bible of of Peter or Paul and or James and John, and we can look and we see that, well, there's a certain way you have to live. There is something you, you should look different than the rest of the world when you come to Christ. But when you accept that gospel of just, well, I can, I can say I believe in Jesus and then go live however I want without the repentance, well, then you make hypocrites. You make yourself a hypocrite. You make the world look at you and say you're a hypocrite because you've done nothing different. You do nothing. There's been no change in your life. You know, Jesus was a man of love. He came and he loved. He loved those that were lost in sin. Those that needed help, he helped. Those that needed healing, he healed. He was a man of compassion, a man of great love. And if we say we're Christians, we are followers of Jesus Christ, but yet we're not people of compassion. We're not people of love. We're not people of good works that go out and do good things. Well, and there, then there's no repentance and we're living the other way. Then the world just looks at us and says, hypocrite. And I would join in with the world, the unbelieving world and say, yep, a lot of hypocrites within Christianity. Okay. So again, it's important for the Christian. It's also important for the non-Christian in that you need to deal with the condition of your own soul. If you can look at, look at what I just said about the Christian group of people that are unrepentant or unchanged, and you can call them hypocrites, well, you too would be a hypocrite as well if you didn't look at your own soul and say, what about me? So that's why I say your soul is of the utmost importance. That you, that you look within you. Again, you don't discard your physical fitness and say, I'm not working on my physical fitness at all because everyone that goes to the gym is jerks in that analogy, that little story I gave you there, right? You wouldn't do that. You'd find some way to work on your physical fitness if that's important to you, right? Well, it's the same thing with your soul fitness. Again, you should come to a place where you say, I don't care what these Christians represent. What does God really say? Who is God? And if you seek after God, God promises that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay? It's not about you coming and joining a group of established Christians somewhere else or, or joining a church or being part of the church. Right? You must come to the place where you yourself have repented or turned from your sin and given your life over to Jesus Christ as the Savior. Now, in this short teaching here, this is all I'm going to talk about. I'm just going to briefly point out to you that repentance is preached in the Bible. It is the first part of the gospel, the good news. That's what that word gospel means, right? The good news of Jesus Christ, that the good news that you have a Messiah, that you have a Savior, someone that loves you, someone that cares for you, someone that has compassion for you, someone that wants you to be saved and spend eternity in heaven with Him. That's the good news, the gospel. 
But the first part of the gospel, and this is for you professing Christians and for those of you who do not profess Christianity, just letting you know the first part of the gospel is repentance. You must turn from your sin. You must turn from the ways that you live, and you must surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Recognize that you are a sinner. The Bible states it very clearly that all have sinned. There is none righteous, no, not one, right? I'm just throwing a couple different scripture verses out here to you. No one's righteous. No one's holy. No one is perfect except for one, and that is Jesus Christ, and He is the one that offers salvation. So what you can do is you can come to Jesus Christ, but you can't leave out the repentance. So maybe there's, this is a kind of a good news, bad news, short little teaching here. Good news is, of course, you can be saved. And maybe it's bad news to your flesh. It's really not bad news. But it maybe it's bad news to your mind, to your flesh, to your desires, that you have to repent. And that you have to, to, to stop living in a way that's contrary to the Word of God. And again, I guess if we really were to peel everything back here, we'd say, well, it really does all hinge on what you say the Word of God is, the Bible. Is it the Word of God? Or is it just a book written by men? Well, I'm making this recording because obviously I believe it's the Word of God. And I'm making this recording because there was a time in my life when I repented of the person I once was. And I got on my knees and I came to Jesus Christ and I called out to Him because there was a good example. One person was a good example in my life. This one person. And he, he was someone that... Uh, made Christianity look what Christianity really should be. And, uh, and, and, he, and he shared the gospel with me. It wasn't, a couple, it wasn't right away, but a couple years later, sometime later, maybe not quite a couple years, but sometime later, I, I got on my knees and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I surrendered my life to Him. I began to read His Word, and His Word then began to change me. Pick up a Bible and read Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. See what it says about the Word of God. See what it says about how powerful it is and what it can do within you and how it can change you on the inside. So again, I'm preaching this because that's happened in my life. I'm bringing this to you because that's what's happened in my life. And I believe in the power of the Word of God to change a life and to change a heart. And I also believe in the truth of the Word of God, which says there is no other way to salvation. There is no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So He's there for you. He loves you. You can turn to Him, but you can't leave out the repentance. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me at Pastor Dave at a loveoutreach.com. That's Pastor Dave at a loveoutreach.com. Love to hear from you, answer any questions that I can or any way that I can help you. Um, quite frankly, if you send some nasty emails and you want to argue and you want to dispute over this, I'll ignore you. Um, but if you really are sincere and you have questions, 
and concerns, uh, send me an email, and I will respond to, to those type of emails. So God bless, and thanks for listening.